Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the Podcon Go Network. Podcon Go, family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Grab a plate of chocolate chip cookies. It's time for a story. Today's story is The Boy on the Porch, Part 2, by William Stair. This is Part 2 of a three-part story. If you haven't yet listened to Part 1, Stop listening now and go back and listen to part one first. It's much more fun that way. The next morning was very exciting. We got a Skype call from Papo and Grammy in Vermont. They're dad's parents. Papo is the father and Grammy is the mother. Vermont is a state in the United States, way out east, between New York and New Hampshire. I wonder why it isn't called New Vermont. Anyway, if you draw a line all the way from Washington State, where I live, across the top of the United States, you will come to Vermont. But be careful you don't fall in the Great Lakes along the way. Grammy and Papo called to see how we were, and to tell us that a big can of Vermont maple syrup was on its way, and would get to our house soon. Desmond got very excited, because he loves maple syrup, on pancakes, on ice cream, on cereal, and even just licking it off a plate. I told them about our new friend, Kofi, and that we had made banana nut bread to take to him and his mother in return for the cookies they gave us. We said we'd send a loaf all the way to Vermont. Desmond got one and held it up in front of the Skype camera so they could see it. Mom told Papo how sick and delicate Kofi was. Papo was a doctor before he quit to become a grandfather. He listened quietly and then smiled sadly as he shook his head. I'm sure you boys will be wonderful friends for Kofi, he said. Then Grammy broke in. The real reason we're calling is to tell you that we're planning a road trip in the Silver Streak in about a month. The Silver Streak is a large house on wheels that Grammy and Popo have. We'll be driving across the country and want to end up at your house. Yay! We all yelled. Mom and Dad talked over the details of the trip, and when Popo and Grammy would arrive here, while Desmond and I drifted into the living room to play with our toys. Later, Mom and I packed up the banana nut bread while Dad and Desmond got ready to take it to the post office. While they were gone, Mom and I went for a walk. Without realizing it, I saw we were on the block where Kofi and his mother lived. I looked at Mom, and she said, I thought it would be nice if you and Kofi could spend a little time together without Desmond. He's just a little too young, and this way you two can concentrate on getting to know each other better. That was okay with me, but then I thought about the banana nut bread we'd made. I told Mom we should have brought it, but she just smiled and patted the backpack she wore. 
Then we were at the Douglas house. The magic library looked like it had more books than ever, and it turned out that Mom had a book in her pack to add to it. She never forgets anything. Part of her detective's superpower, I guess. It was a warm, sunny day. But as usual, the Douglas house looked dark and cool, almost creepy, in the deep shade of the trees around it. But as we walked toward it, I could see Kofi in his wheelchair sitting on the porch. His mom was in a chair next to him, reading something. Hi, Kofi, I yelled. We came to visit and brought you a surprise. Kofi waved and beckoned us to come to the porch. Beckon means to use your arm, curving it toward you to signal that someone should come to you. His mother stood up as we got to the porch and gave mom a big hug. I shook hands with Kofi, very carefully so as not to hurt his hand. Mom took the bread out of her backpack, and Mrs. Douglas said they loved banana nut bread, that it was a real treat. She took it into the house to cut. I sat down next to Kofi. What you want to do? I asked. Oh, I don't know, he replied. I didn't sleep very well last night, so maybe not football. I was shocked because of his condition, but then I saw a sly sideways grin on his face, and I knew he was joking. Good one, Kofi. But really, what should we do? He thought for a moment. Do you play chess? I know what chess is. My papo plays it with dad when they come to visit, but I've never played it. The closest I know is checkers. Kofi snorted. A snort is a sound you make in the back of your nose that means you think something is dumb. I'll teach you chess. I bet you'll be good at it, and you'll like it a lot better than checkers. I helped him roll into the house. Mom and Mrs. Douglas were sitting at the dining table, drinking coffee and talking. There was a plate of sliced banana nut bread in between them. Snag some bread, suggested Kofi. We rolled into the kitchen, where the table was easier to get his wheelchair under. The chess set is in that drawer, said Kofi, pointing. I got it, a checkerboard and a box, and brought it over to the table. Kofi took off his mittens. I'd seen his hands the day before, but they were still kind of scary. Very long, thin fingers, and the skin on the back of his hands was sunken in between the bones. He saw me staring and held his hands up and made them look like claws. Creepy, huh? He said with a laugh. At least they still work. When I die and they bury me, I want them put just like this so I can scare ghosts. He laughed again. Hey, I said, you won't die for a long time. Just how old do you think I am, Armando? Eight, maybe nine? I'm 12 years old. My sickness keeps me small. I was surprised that he was so much older, but no bigger than me. Hey, so what? Twelve is still kind of young, so you should last a long time. Maybe, Armando. Maybe. Okay, I'm going to teach you chess. You sit down across from me. He slid the checkerboard into the middle of the table, 
opened the box and dumped the pieces out. They were all animals. Some were white and some were black. Kofi divided them up into two piles and pushed the black ones to me. Hope you don't mind being black, he said with his sly smile. He looked at the pile of white pieces in front of him and picked one up. It was a funny-looking dog. This is a hyena. It's kind of like a wild dog. We have eight of them. Find yours and put them on the board like this. One after another, Kofi pulled a piece from the pile and placed it on the board. I did the same. There was a male lion with a crown and a female one with a crown, too. There were two crocodiles with tall hats. There were two zebras and two elephants. When we were done, we each had two rows of fierce animals facing each other. Fierce means powerful, strong, and wild. These are things that Kofi could not be. So maybe that was why he liked them so much. I got this set from my daddy, who got it from his daddy, who bought it from the man who made it, way down in Atlanta, Georgia, where we come from. So they're really old and special. You're the first kid who's played a game with me. Since my daddy died, it's just been me and mama. Let's see how you do. Next, he explained how each animal was used to play the game and how one animal could take over another. We practiced it until I started to get the idea. I was staring at the pieces on the board and practicing moving each one in the ways it could move when I felt a hand on my shoulder. Time for us to go, Army. It was Mom. We're just getting ready to play a game. I can't go now, I argued. We've been here two hours and it's time to get back. Besides, Kofi has other things to do. But I looked up at Kofi. He looked different. His bright eyes looked dull and were only half open. Even so, he looked at Mom like, don't go yet. Kofi needs to rest pretty often, Army. There will be another time to play real soon, said his mother, who had walked into the room. Kofi looked at her and said, Aww. But he did look very tired. He turned to me. Okay, but can you come back tomorrow so we can really play? I looked at Mom. Tomorrow is Sunday, and we're going to church the first part of the day, and then you and Desmond and Dad were going over to Edison's for a play date. Remember? I got up and went around the table to Kofi. I'll try to remember how the pieces work, and I'll see you in a couple days. Thanks for showing me chess. I gave him a hug, carefully. His thin arms came around me and hugged me back. I'll be here, he said. Unless I go skateboarding down at the park. He still looked tired, but the sly smile was back. When we got home, me with a book on flying saucers, Dad and Desmond were both asleep on the living room floor, with Trooper asleep between them. How sweet, whispered Mom, as she took a picture that soon went to all our friends on the internet. The next day was Sunday, so Mom, Desmond, and I went to the Unitarian Church. After church, there was a potluck with lots of good, 
and some very strange food. Dad showed up for the potluck, bringing little muffins Mom made the day before after we got back from Kofi's. The grown-ups ate and drank coffee while we went to play in the big lot behind the church with the rest of the Sunday school kids. Later, when we were home, we did some work in our garden. My squash vines had lots of big squash on them. We jumped on the trampoline for a while, and then Dad showed me how the chess pieces move, so I would remember for the next time with Kofi. Dad's chess set was very different, and kind of plain compared to the one Kofi had gotten from his father. It was the first time Dad and I had played with the chess pieces together. Monday was a school day, but since Mom teaches us part of the time with her homeschool group, the Coho Explorers, Desmond and I only go to a couple of classes at an actual school on Monday and Wednesday. Coho Explorers meet in a park or other place on Tuesday and Thursday. After the school classes, we always play on the stuff at the park next to the school, and we did that on Monday. I was climbing on a metal thing shaped like the world when I slept and fell. The ground under the play stuff is covered with little chunks of tree bark, but I still twisted my leg. Mom decided that it wasn't broken or badly twisted, but she took Desmond and me right home and put me on the couch with my Sherlock Holmes book, an ice pack, and some banana nut bread. I shared the bread with Trooper. No trampoline for me that day, and no Kofi. Tuesday morning, I got up, but my leg was still sore. This was Coho Explorer's Day, but Mom didn't want me trying to walk and crawl around the uncovered Duwamish village we were going to visit. She made a phone call and then asked me if I wanted to ride along but stay in the car or go visit Kofi, whose mother was waiting on the phone. I chose Kofi. Mom and Desmond dropped me off at the Douglas house before picking up Isaac and Anna, two other kids in the Coho Explorers. I limped to the porch. Mrs. Douglas saw me coming and helped me up the steps and into the house. I turned and waved through the big window in the door. Mom waved back, and Desmond made a silly face. Inside, Kofi was waiting for me in the kitchen, with the chest set out and ready. He noticed my limp right away. Hmm, you get tackled by the Seattle Seahawks on the way over? The Seattle Seahawks are the local football team. Yeah, but I still scored, and now they're on their way here to do a field goal on your butt, I replied. He laughed. We played my first actual game of chess that afternoon. Then I helped make peanut butter cookies with Mrs. Douglas. I helped measure stuff and got to press the fork into them to make that crisscross design they always have. While we did that... Kofi rested in his chair, watching and smiling. We played another game while the cookies were baking and cooling, and then it was time to go. Kofi was tired, and his arms ached from reaching over to the chessboard. Mom had driven over with Desmond, and we three rode home with a bag of warm cookies. Mom asked me how it went, and I told her about the games and cookie-making. Desmond was a little jealous because he likes making cookies too, especially the part where you lick out the cookie dough bowl. I told mom I thought Kofi was going to be a good friend of mine. She smiled 
and said she thought so too. But her smile was a little sad. Hmm. Was I developing detective power? After supper, Dad and I practiced chess again. It was too late for a game, but we did moves. While we were doing that, Mom was cleaning up and Desmond was reading the flying saucer book I'd brought home. Mom and Dad were talking about some grown-up stuff while we practiced. Later, when we were in bed, I shared some of what I'd heard. We sleep in bunk beds. Desmond is on the top. I said to Desmond, I just heard that Cousin Jack is going to be dating a girl he met at the Pike Place Market. You know, where they toss the fish. Desmond replied, What does date even mean? So I told him, It means you go out, and maybe even smooch. Desmond leaned over the edge of his bed so I could see him upside down. He looked at me for a moment and then said, Ugh, with a throw-up face. This story has so many desserts in it. It keeps making me hungry. There were the zucchini chocolate chip cookies at the beginning, and then Mrs. Douglas's crispier chocolate chip cookies. And then there was banana nut bread, and now peanut butter cookies? The characters in this story have a lot more dessert than we do. Thank you to William Stair, my father, for writing this story, inspired by my family. If only we got as many tasty desserts as they do. Come back to Elderberry Tales next week for part three of The Boy on the Porch. <laughs>